Podcast Answer Man, episode number 154. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And today I have another fun show to answer several of your questions. In today's show, I'm going to talk about my brand new toy, the iPad. I'm going to talk about uh, Vimeo versus Blip and why I might be making a switch. Rick Terrence is going to ask me about download links. Brent Green wants to know about share this plugin. Jorge wants to know why I hate plugins. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience with my first VA podcast, the virtual assistant podcast that is. I'm told that I should clarify that because uh, I had sent out a Twitter message that I had was going to be launching a VA podcast and Mark Tafoya thought perhaps maybe I was uh, talking about maybe an experience that I was having with my dad with the VA hospital or, or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's the, the virtual assistant podcast. I'll talk about that at the very end of the show. But I do have a lot of things to cover here. And of course, I'm sure if you are listening to the podcast Answer Man and, and you're considering podcasting or you're already podcasting, certainly you're in tune with the digital gadget world, the technology world. And and even if you're not, I mean, gosh, I think the mainstream media has has fully given a lot of coverage to the the iPad. And of course, that is been the excitement of this previous week for me. Uh, I went out and bought an iPad. Now, I'm not going to give you a complete full review of the iPad. If you want that, it is available online. You just go to help. I got a Mac dot com and look for episode number 113. It's actually called Help I Got a Mac 113, the iPad. And I talk a great deal about it there. My first impressions, my first reactions officially after having this thing for several days. But I just want to say, let's put it this way. I never want to live without my iPad. I mean, it is just that awesome. And, and it is way, 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 way so much more than I ever anticipated. I bought it and was going to be completely satisfied with this device is just a simple e-reader uh, or, or an e-book reader and to keep up with RSS feeds. But I will tell you that this thing is so much more than that. I mean, it is it is mega awesome. And in fact, one of the my favorite uses of the iPad is browsing the web on it. And um, what I'll do, in fact, I'm going to do this right now. I just took a screenshot. Matter of fact, I am putting in my show notes here. Screenshot iPad podcast answer man. All right. I am going to put a screenshot of what the podcast answer man website looks like above the fold on my iPad. It looks awesome. I mean, it is. I am so delighted. In fact, I will tell you. The iPad has already changed how I develop websites. If you go to virtualassistantpodcast.com, there is absolutely zero, zero flash anywhere on that site. And when I I had already redesigned uh, podcastanswerman.com with thesis theme and uh, and I told you all about that last week or the week before. And and so I had already rearranged everything. And then I got my iPad. And of course, I, I look browsing around. It's like, wow, the web looks amazing on this screen and, and in this browser. And so I went in and I looked up podcastanswerman.com and I'm like, well, there's a couple things that are missing 
here on the on the right hand side because I've got my Ustream video and I've got the chat room underneath there. And I sit there, I said, you, you know what? I'm going to rearrange some things. So actually what I did is I actually pushed all the flash stuff that's in the sidebar and I pushed it down further on the website so that it's below the fold. If you know what I'm talking about when I say below the fold, it's kind of like an old, I guess, a newspaper term term is, you know, what, what shows on the initial display when you're looking through the machine or whatever, when you're looking at it on the newspaper rack. Uh, and so the very first thing you come to podcastanswerman.com on the iPad and just out of the box, it looks amazing. I am really excited about it. And uh, one of the things I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be over. It's going to take me probably with my to do list and all the client work that I'm doing these days. It'd probably take me about oh another month or two or maybe even three months to get all of my sites one hundred percent iPad compliant because I can tell you right now um, in if I'm doing work if I'm doing work if I'm creating content if I'm doing things that that you know I, I need to to you know hammer things out and and stuff like that I'm gonna be doing it on my iMac or or at least my MacBook or on some desktop computer with a very large screen keyboard mouse I I really like to I'm used to working that way I'm more fast and productive but I can tell you right now, if I'm sitting back to enjoy and consume content, the iPad is the only way I want to do it. I don't want to carry around my MacBook anymore, uh, and I certainly don't want to sit in front of a computer. And matter of fact, I never did consume very much content on my computer before. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is a billion times better than my iPhones have ever been. There's a lot of stuff that I can do on the iPad that I can't do on the iPhone. It is just really that awesome. And uh, a couple things I want to tell you is number one, the audio player on for Podcast Answer Man is non. It, it is a it is a flash on there. So I am still waiting for to to find a way of embedding audio in HTML5 so that I can actually make it work in a cross platform all browsers and not need flash. Uh, YouTube videos are all HTML5. So I just created a um I just created a tutorial video on how to sync multiple calendars with the iPad if you're using Google Apps. And that is available at, at podcastanswerman.com. And it's a YouTube video. And I can play it right from the iPad. And not only that, but when I click play, it doesn't like open up and pop up into a new play, you know, a new screen. It actually plays within the browser, just like it would on the website. And uh, that's because YouTube is now embedding things by default, it looks like, into HTML5. Uh, and of course, I was excited to hear that Vimeo, who is who I use to, um, you know, upload all my videos and and embed them on the web if they're longer than ten minutes in length, and I want to kind of protect them from being publicly available. Um, that's the service that I was I, I'm using, and of course, I was really excited to hear that they're transitioning over to HTML5. But then, you know, I, I, I've heard this before. I got a call from Chef Mark. I'm going to play it here in just a second. But I have heard this, this argument before. As a matter of fact, it's, it's funny. Two or three times this week, somebody's emailed me and says, have you read the terms of service over at Vimeo? And uh, I'll let Chef Mark explain it since he goes into pretty good detail. Chef Mark, take it away. 
Hey, Cliff, it's Chef Mark here calling in with feedback for, our, for podcast Answer Man number 153, Deep Fried Roadkill. Uh, firstly, I'll have a recipe for Deep Fried Roadkill next week on the Remarkable Palette podcast, so listen for that. Um, secondly, I wanted to uh, give some feedback regarding your um, recommendations about video. Uh, you had a caller who asked about, you know, what's the best way to embed video. You talked about a bunch of different ways. You even mentioned me using Blip, and you mentioned how Vimeo has been your player of choice, and it's a great player. It looks really cool, has a lot of functionality. Um, plays HD. It's really, really wonderful. However, I recently came across a bit of uh, information um, that is a little bit disturbing about Vimeo. Uh, apparently, a bunch of people have had their Vimeo accounts shut down, even premium users, purely shut down. If you look into the TOS of Vimeo, which is the terms of service, they will actually ban you if you are uploading what they consider to be commercial content. And it's not simply um, you know, doing a video that is, that is owned by someone else. You could have a cr create a new video that's your own original video, but if they perceive that you are selling a service, promoting a product, even reviewing products, they could take your entire account away. Um, they say that you, know, you may not upload commercials, infomercials, or demos that actively sell or promote a product or service. And, um, and it's, so it's pretty interesting. They also um, exclude any talk of commercial products. So you know, even if you're relating to something that's commercial, if you're promoting your, your uh, webinars and your podcast answer man services uh, or your, you know, your consulting services, they could consider that uh, talking of commercial products. And then the worst of all, the sort of the craziest bit, is you cannot use a Vimeo player on a website that has ads of any kind. Uh, and this, of course, applies to like 90% of most websites. Most websites have some kind of ad or something that might be considered commercial. So that's a little bit scary. There's a guy who's done a whole post about this because he got banned and he sort of put it, put it out. And uh, if you want uh, the full details and read the full post, it's Boag World, spelled B-O-A-G, world.com slash reviews slash Vimeo. Uh, sort of interesting, and apparently they're really doing very, very selective enforcement of that, which is even more disturbing to me than the, um, the policy itself. I mean, it's one thing to have a policy and to, and to say it. I mean, they, you know, on Vimeo's defense, they say, well, we were originally created as a community and for people who are artists who are creating interesting things it, to be a non-commercial environment. And that's how they've gotten around being able to have a lot of Vimeos where it was uh, videos that say it was like remixes of other material because they would say, well, under fair use, um, they were doing that. And they, they said in a non-commercial environment, they could. So that's why they've been apparently really um, strict about trying to, inf uh, or saying in their TOS that it's non-commercial. However, um, they're apparently very selectively enforcing that. So you could at any moment, if you're using a Vimeo player, just have your, your account just plain turned off. Um, so that's something to, to, to look out for. It, it, as far as I know, hasn't happened with any of the other services. It's certainly not in the TOS of Blip to be able to do that. In fact, they encourage um, commercial use, or at least people cr using it for their own um, original um, content that might have a commercial nature in it. Um, so just a little FYI there. And also, I guess I'm the guilty party who uh, you mentioned also in the podcast who kind of outed you for saying something around, uh, you know, uh, a premarital sex. Uh, I find it funny. I didn't realize that you had gotten uh, some guff about that from a listener. So uh, anyway, I, I, it was a great explanation. So this has been a long v uh, feedback, but hopefully it will be useful. Ciao. Mm -hmm. 
very useful. My good friend, Chef Mark. Uh, you guys should check out uh, Chef Mark and the stuff he's doing over at culinarymedianetwork.com. Anyway, uh, and of course, he's referring to that comment. Uh, you, if you go back to the last episode of last week, 153, I think, of Podcast Answer Man, you'll find out what he's talking about there. But anyway, um, yeah, I've heard about this thing with Vimeo. I've known about it for the longest time. The BOAG uh, review for Vimeo, been there, read that, saw it. Uh, really didn't feel like it was too much uh, for me to worry about. Uh, but but I I'm thinking I might switch anyway, just knowing that the the terms of service is what it is. Uh, I I have read through the terms of service; they're very deliberate against anything commercial. Um, and you're right; they are very selective in what they're doing to uh, to enforce that. And and what I've done with my use of Vimeo for the most part, it's all been kind of fun and creative kind of things. Although on my site, I guess. Uh, I guess I advertise. I, well, I have some affil- a couple affiliate links on Podcast Answer Man, and of course, I, you know, my site is a commercial site. It is a it is it is advertising my podcast equipment and sales and services and consulting and coaching and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I can see um, where I would be considered a commercial site. One of the things that I will say is that. Um, for the most part, the way that I'm using Vimeo is I upload some stuff to them and I actually hide it from the online. Uh, well, actually, I hide it from everybody. You can't. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're a friend or what. It, I mean, they have all that connected uh, add a friend stuff on Vimeo and channels and all that other stuff. I basically hide my content that's uploaded. Most of my content that's uploaded on Vimeo is completely 100 percent shut off from anybody being able to see it. It'll all tell you that it's all private. Um, and the reason why I do that is I actually, I'm in, I'm embedding those videos for my digital training products, uh, on web pages that are password protected on podcastanswerman.com. So, so basically nobody, uh, including anybody from Vimeo, unless they have a way of backdooring into my account, um, which I can't imagine why they would want to, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, I do recognize that, you know, and of course I didn't know about any of this stuff until after the BOAG thing all came out a couple, gosh, that was almost a year ago, it seems like, or at least several months ago. And, uh, so yeah, I've, I've known about this. I've kind of just tried to keep my stuff away from their community and to kind of keep it from normal day-to-day use on my web and so, but, but I, honestly, I don't want to tiptoe. I don't want to have the, I don't want to continue to produce a lot of content, put it all on Vimeo's with the fact that it might possibly one day all be shut down. And so I am going to look at blip. The, the other reason why I'm going to consider the use of using blip instead of, you know, switching just, you know, cause I've known about this forever and really haven't felt compelled to switch. But uh, the other thing I like love about Blip is if I go to some of the content that Chef Mark has on his site, not all of it, because he still has several uh, Flash embedded uh, um, Blip videos on his website. But I did notice that he did have one of his most recent videos that he has on his website was a Blip player, and it just like YouTube's embedded video plays right inside the browser. So they're already using some HTML um, embedding there as well. And so I I may just go ahead and make the switch, may actually take a weekend and just block that weekend out and and re-upload all of my content over to a blip uh, server and just pay for their pro account and all of those things. So blip.tv folks is where I'm probably going to end up switching to. 
Anyway, Chef Mark, thank you for that. And by the way, uh, just a few minutes ago, before I played Chef Mark's call, I had said that Virtual Assistant Podcast dot com is completely flash free. I was wrong about that. I I forgot that my flash audio player is still there. Now, with that being said, on the iPad, as long as you have a direct link to the MP3 file, you can click on that and it will play on your iPad. The only thing I don't like is that when it plays, it, it kind of opens up a new window and it has just the audio player with a big, huge black background. And so what I want is I want that little player to actually play the MP3 file right there in my browser. So as soon as anybody knows about an HTML5 way of encoding uh, audio in such a way that it actually brings up a player, that's what I would love to know. So email me feedback at gspn.tv or preferably give me a call just like Chef Mark and so many other people do at 859-795-4067. Alrighty, and moving right along, the next thing I have here is a question from my good friend, Rick Tarrant. Rick, take it away. Hi, Cliff. Rick Tarrant here with the Words of Encouragement podcast at wordsofencouragement.net, and thank you for all your help in getting that launched. I'm a little discouraged, if I don't mind saying so, in that it's supposed to be a daily podcast, and I'm looking at iTunes right now, and it hasn't updated for the last 48 hours. So today's podcast isn't there. Yesterday's podcast isn't there. And I'm just wondering, can you not do a daily podcast in the uh, in the in the realm of podcasting? And I have a second question involving the download or the click here to download this episode link that's on your blog, and I've put it on mine successfully. And the only way I was able to get it to be successful is by including a little tag next to the MP3 file, and it's DL equals one. So I guess download equals one. And of course, I'm talking about the WP audio plugin. But when I switch from HTML to visual mode in the WordPress add a new post page and then back to HTML, that tag disappears. And I was just wondering if you've run into this and what the workaround is or if it's just one of those anomalies that I get to experience all by myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I, I appreciate your encouragement. All right, Rick, thank you for the call, my friend. And I have a couple pieces of advice for you. Number one, uh, I this, this is, yes, I've seen this happen. When you go into the visual editor and if you, you know, do some th- things there and then you switch back over to, uh, to the HTML view, you can have issues where it kind of erases some of your, your handwritten code. And so what I want to do is I want to suggest that you stop using the visual editor. Um, that that would be option number one. That, it's something that I try to remember to do with all of my clients is to just basically give them the steps on how to generate new show notes and posts using the H, you know, basic HTML. Um, and with WordPress, it's it's very easy to create some some sites with even very limited or even to actually no knowledge. Uh, it, you can just highlight things, click the link button. You can highlight an image or you can just click the image button and just put the URL of the image. And it looks like my daughter just came in from school. Hi, beautiful. You want to say hi to everybody? No? Okay. So anyway, you look beautiful today. Give me a kiss. No? Okay. She's going to go and leave daddy to record his podcast, right? No, she says no. She's going to stand here and 
and just watch. All right. So anyway, um, so what you can do is you can actually go into your users and then dis- there's a little check mark at the top of the screen that says disable visual editor. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, now, obviously, that may not be a workaround that you're interested in, uh, and you may really enjoy the visual editor. And people are going to, all, I mean, there are probably going to be a couple people that might pass out when I actually say this next thing. And so for those of you who are longtime listeners to Podcast Answer Man, please pause this recording if you're not sitting down or or have the ability to sit down. And if you are not sitting down and you do have the ability to sit down, please sit down now and uh, because I'm about to ready to suggest that Rick installed, perhaps install the Blueberry podcasting plugin and configure the advanced settings for the audio player there, which will automatically generate some of that code for you, even in the event that you're using the visual editor. Yes, I just said it. I encouraged him to check out the audio, the uh, Blueberry podcast plugin. Now, I've actually been using this for some of my clients, not all of them, but for some of my clients for the last uh, two and a half, three months now. I got together with Angelo Mondado. Uh, He's the creator of the PowerPress plugin from Blueberry. Uh, And I basically, he walked me through and showed me every single thing, every aspect of the Blueberry plugin. And I have good news for you. I recorded that entire go to meeting session. Now, the thing is, though, I, I do hope to finally get around to publishing that online and letting you guys see the explain explanation in video and audio from the guy who created it. Um, eventually, it will be put on my site. Um, I, I can't promise you a timetable right now, but it will eventually make it onto the site. But he showed me some things. And one of the things that I love about the PowerPress plugin is that you don't have to use all of it, you can actually use just bits and pieces. And for my clients, what I've chosen to do is only use it for the audio player uh, and and the inc- the file enclosures because it does a pretty decent job of it. And uh, and Andy's in the chat room. He says, "What? Who are you? And where is Cliff?" <laughs> That's funny stuff. Uh, but yeah, it 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 does what it's supposed to do. It is still, uh, you know, I I don't know that I'm complete fan of having so many different things all done by one plugin, but you know, that's just me. And in fact, that leads me to, I'm going to move my uh, bits of feedback in order here because I'm going to move next to Jorge's call and he's going to ask this question and I'm going to clear something up real quick. Here you go. Hello, Cliff. This is Jorge Cisneros from Boulder, Colorado. And I just have a couple of questions for you. Uh, in a previous episode of the podcast, man, I heard you saying that you are not a big fan of plugins within WordPress, and I would like to to know why you're not a big fan. So if you can give me your feedback, would be great. And also the other question that I have, I'm looking for some software to create some tutorials, and, uh, and I'm looking around, and I don't know which would be the best software to get. Uh, I hear some stuff about uh, Snagit or um, things like Demo Builder Professional. So if you can give me some pointers, I would appreciate that. Uh, Thank you so much for all your work and help. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. Thank you, Jorge, very much for calling in. And uh, let's see here. First of all, let me clear up. I've never said that I'm not a fan of plugins. I am... I am not a fan of plugins that are all inclusive, that do a lot of different things. 
All right. I I actually I, I mean I don't like to have a lot of plugins, and if a plugin is not absolutely mission critical to my website, then I'm not going to install it. All right. I'd rather hard code, uh, you know, something that's going to work, and it's and and it's going to work no matter what version of the WordPress software is. I'd I'd rather I'd rather have you know if there are five things that one plugin can do. I would much rather have five different plugins that all did each of those individual things, but did them with complete excellence. I am not a fan of plugins that take somebody else's little plugin here and somebody else's work here, somebody else's work here and creates a mashup. And and in essence, I, I mean, it, there's a little bit of that involved, especially in the audio player essence of uh, the PowerPress plugin that I'm talking about. But Angelo, I, he, I mean, it, I mean, if it stops working, that's one thing that you can do to, uh, that's one thing you can do. You can uninstall it and it really doesn't tear anything up. That's the one thing that I'm confident of is that the Blueberry plugin is non-destructive and it can be easily uninstalled and all of your enclosures still remain. This is important to me. And and this is why I like that. The po- the PodPress plugin was the worst plugin on the face of this planet. And that's what really put a bad taste in my mouth. Because as a consultant, I ended up spending a lot of time working with a lot of clients whose whose uh, WordPress sites were completely destroyed, completely and utterly destroyed by PodPress. Because when WordPress updated to a new version and they upgraded, it broke their PodPress. And not only that, but all the episodes in the past, when we got the solution worked out on how to do it without, you know, to back them out, the problem is they had to go in and update all of their prior prior episodes on their own and create those file enclosures and some other things that were automatically done. All these things done by this all included, uh, all inclusive plugin, you know, one plugin quit working and it broke just about 80% of people's functionality of their site. And that's just not fun. And, and it's definitely not what I enjoy doing. I enjoy helping people learn how to take their podcasting to the next level or helping them understand podcasting for the first time, you know, fixing people's situation when they're in a jam and they have no other choice than to pay somebody because they don't know how to fix something and they'd rather not have to pay somebody that that's not the kind of work that I like to do. And it was, it was just a huge frustration. And there was a long period of time where, you know, man, I just got pod press question after pod press question. And, and it was just, you know, spending an hour to two hours with all these clients. And, you know, it's like, honestly, I, I didn't like billing them because they didn't want to pay. And, but I had to, I mean, I couldn't sit there and work all week for free. So it, it was just, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth, but I'm, I'm convinced that the power press plugin is a lot better, but it still does some of that bringing in some other, other stuff, but it, it works well. And, and I'm not endorsing it and saying, hey, go install it. Uh, but for you, Rick, uh, I, I'm talking to Rick Tarrant, who called in before. Uh, I'd say, yeah, it, it's safe enough to go ahead and use. Uh, and in fact, I'll work with you. By the way, Rick Tarrant's one of my clients and uh, great client he is too, by the way. If you want to, uh, and I'll get to the rest of your question here in a minute, Jorge. Uh, but if you want to get a feeling for, for what Rick Tarrant does, listen to this. This is a promo that he created for me. Oh, wrong one. Let me click this button right here. You followed the story. Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now 
it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Open this door! Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lostparty. All right, so there you go. Uh, and by the way, Rick, that reminds me that I didn't answer your other question. Uh, you you mentioned the download link, but you also asked about iTunes, not updating. Um, please understand this, everybody, if you'll listen up real closely for just a minute. The iTunes store is not a live and active res- uh, representation of what's in your podcast feed. The iTunes store, kind of think about it this way. If you wouldn't mind, think about it in the way that it's like the telephone book used to be. You know, you get a tell you you would start your business up, you get listed in the telephone book, and whatever information you provided them, well, that's what's in print and that's what's available. And if you change your phone number or you change, you know, the the tagline of your business and you want to put a different logo up or something like that, well, guess what? You can submit the new work to them, but they're not going to update the yellow pages and resend it out to everybody until the next time they revise their your their yellow pages book. Well, that's this iTunes page is a listing. It is the same thing. You sub, it basically you submit your RSS feed and it goes and checks it. And the good news is that when it go, it doesn't actually wait. They don't have to. They don't only publish new information uh, that you submit to them uh, once a year, but they actually only do it approximately. Uh, sometimes it, I've seen it, it takes as little as two hours, sometimes as much as six hours, sometimes as much as four, 14 hours, sometimes as much as two or three days. Now, Daniel Lewis is in the chat room and he says there is an iTunes ping option. Now I have, I am aware of that. I do know for a fact that it doesn't always work. Uh, it should be in such a way that if you release an episode, you should be able to ping them and say, hey, go check my RSS feed right now and go grab that new episode. I've tried that. It doesn't always work. Um, but I will say this. Uh, if if I were to release an episode of Podcast Answer Man, this episode number 154, and it gets uploaded today at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and let's just say this episode does not show up in, in the iTunes feed, on my iTunes listing page until tomorrow at three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, if somebody goes in at seven o'clock this evening and they go to my iTunes page, they're only going to see episodes listed up to an ep- episode number 153. But if they click the subscribe button, it will, it will subscribe them to my RSS feed not it's gonna it's not gonna subscribe to them to it's not gonna subscribe them to what iTunes has listed. It's gonna subscribe them to what I have in my RSS feed. And when they hit subscribe, they will immediately get this episode because it is in the feed. Now um I'll probably see if I can get Daniel Lewis to to share maybe or not Daniel yeah Daniel Lewis in the chat room see if he'll share some information of of how he's using 
the iTunes ping. Maybe he has a better way of doing it than I am. Uh, I've always used the, uh, for some of my clients that are experiencing this, uh, the iTunes ping ability, if you will, is built into the PowerPress plugin. If there's a way to do that directly, I'll get with Daniel and I'll share that in next week's episode. Uh, so with that, and then of course, Jorge, um, so to, to follow up with you, uh, I don't hate all plugins. I'm not a fan of all inclusive ones. And there are several plugins that I am, um, I, there are several plugins that I, I use that I, I feel are mission critical. So, um, and, and just off the top of my head, I personally use one called KG enclosure flex. I'll tell you what, there's a whole ep- another episode, uh, on podcastanswerman.com. In fact, I've got my, it's pulled up still here on my iPad and give me one second. I'll even tell you which one it is. It is, uh, let's see here, pulling it up now. Episode number 84. And I'm going to write that down in my show notes. Uh, let's see. Plugins episode 84 of Pam. Okay. I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. It is, it is called podcast answer man episode 84 WordPress plugins I use and why. And so there you go. And speaking of plugins, we have another question here. This comes from another client of mine. His name is Brent green and he has this question. Hi, this is Brent green calling in for the podcast answer man. And we want to say thanks to Cliff again for helping us set up the Pursuing Meaningful Work podcast. Thanks, Cliff. We're getting lots of good feedback on that. Just a quick question. I had a friend ask me the other day, he said, how come you don't have a share of this button on your podcast blog page? And uh, I really didn't have a good answer for that. So Cliff wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on putting like a share this button in there. I don't want to make it too... Oh, too noisy on the site, but I sure like like the idea of that. So, could you share a little bit about your your perceptions on advantages, disadvantages of doing something like this, like a share this button, or making it easier to share um, share the podcast with uh, other people? Thanks for what you do. Appreciate it. Again, this is Brent Green calling in for the Pursuing Meaningful Work podcast. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, Brent, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I am a fan of Share This. Uh, If you go to sharethis.com, you can create an account there and then just go into your WordPress uh, on the left-hand side and you'll click on, let's see, click on plugins and underneath there you'll see add new under the word installed. And once you click add new, then you want to do a search, search, just search for Share This. I think if you put it in as one word, it should pull right up. Uh, if that doesn't work, try it as two words, but just look for ser- share this. Then you're going to find the plugin and you're going to see that it's, it's got tons of downloads and lots of people are using it. Just go ahead and install that and then you can configure it based upon your account settings that you have set up over at sharethis.com. And it is a great little plugin. Um, you have the ability to turn it off to where it doesn't show up on pages, but only in post. I mean, that's completely up to you what you want to do there. Uh, and it's very non-intrusive. I mean, there are a couple different display options, but one of the display options is just a little tiny green square logo that says share this. And, and it's pretty well known and pretty recognized. I, I, I'm just now realizing I still don't have that on podcastanswerman.com. Um, but you know, it's not because I'm opposed to it. It's just, I, for some reason, haven't ever got around to it. 
I, I, in fact, I think I may have had it on my site at one time, but for some reason I don't have it now, but Brent, it's a good plugin and it's one I would suggest that you do check out, especially if you want to give people the easy option to just click and share your site on their social networks. The other thing that I'm using, by the way, that, that people can use to share, um, stuff from podcastanswermind.com and from all of my sites, by the way, is the, uh, discuss plugin D I S Q U S. And it's the comment system that allows people to leave comments on my site and they can choose when they actually are leaving the comment to actually post a link to that comment on my site into their Twitter or their Facebook feed. So pretty cool stuff there. Anyway, been a great show. Love sharing with you guys. I want to let you know my virtual assistant podcast is now online. You can go to virtualassistantpodcast.com. Episode one is out there very happy with the way it turned out. And um, the sponsor of the show is extremely happy with how it turned out. In fact, let me read to you what my sponsor wrote. Uh, She says, Hey, Cliff, I wanted to say kudos on the first episode. I just love it. It's turning out better than I even expected. I hope you don't mind, but I've shared it with my Facebook friends on our fan page and via Twitter. Now we can get and she says, now can we get an advanced copy on next week's episode? It was better than Big Bang Theory. How about that? That's pretty awesome. That's what I love. I love having a sponsor and and being passionate about podcasting and being passionate about the topic you're podcasting about. And I think it just that you put those two together and it just equals success as, as well as, of course, having some good sounding equipment uh, to uh, to make sure that everything sounds good. So. Anyway, folks, that is the show for today. Uh, I do hope you'll check out uh, the Virtual Assistant Podcast and also check out Business Tech Weekly. Matter of fact, go to podcastanswerman.com over on the right-hand side. I've got four podcasts that go perfect with podcastanswerman.com. If you go there, it'll say a few of my other shows or a few other shows that I produce, and it's got a link to Virtual Assistant Podcast, Business Tech Weekly, Social Media Serenity, and help. I got a Mac. Those four shows with this show, it is, it is my love for technology and my passion for technology. And I love expressing it. And, um, so if you like this show, maybe you'll enjoy one of those other shows or maybe even all of them. You never know. Of course you might get a little too much cliff and that's understandable. Anyway, folks, I do want to let you know, I have some digital training products. If you want to learn how to use Uh, Adobe Audition using the processes that I use, how I use it to make the sound of my podcast sound as golden as it does. Uh, I have that available. If you want to learn how to use Audacity, the free audio editing software, I have that. If you want to learn how I do premium membership, or in in fact, if you just want to learn what other digital products that I have, hopefully this week, by, by the time I record episode number 155, I'll have a page where you can go and read about them all. But if you want to get my digital products before then, and I encourage you to do so, that's how I make a living, uh, one of the ways anyway, give me an email, feedback at gspn.tv. And by the way, I am going to have that GarageBand 101 up soon. So God bless you all. We'll talk to you you next week. Easy for me to say. God bless. Bye-bye.